What's up, H-Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros, with your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blob. Now, here's Balky and Blubber. What's up, H-Town? Welcome to episode 29 and the first off-season podcast uh, of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm Jeff Balky, and here with me, as always, uh, Jeff Blum. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, of course, on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe. We've added a lot of subscribers on YouTube lately, man, uh, hey, which is which is awesome. Because we're looking keep, good. That's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> give us a follow at Believe in Astros B-L-E-A-V. Find me at, at Jeff Balky and Blummer at Blummer27. Uh, Blummer, how are you doing this morning? Dude, I think I'm still hungover. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's just the lingering effects, but you know, it, it, if, if you know, you know. If you're if you're in the Houston area and you yeah. follow the Astros, you know that there's a Houston Open golf tournament that's attached to the Astros Golfstown Foundation. And we we blow through the World Series, and thank you again, Rob Manfred. You're the best. I mean, really, just just right. slamming everything together at the end of the season is fantastic. You're awesome. <laughs> All sarcasm aside, we head right into the Houston Open, and I'm fortunate enough to be able to to be a part of First Tee and help Chevron with some of these events. And I spoke yesterday for about three hours to 185 uh, middle school students. I had a blast. The weather was great. The golf course looks amazing, and here we are heading into the Houston Open. So, I, but I, I'm still hungover from the World Series championship. I'm still drinking it in, man. Are you uh, literally and metaphorically? I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> How yes. uh, are are you proaming it? No, I, I I did not get the invite for the pro am. Mm. I'm more of a worker bee or a volunteer or whatever you want to call it. But uh, uh, volunteered yesterday. Uh, the pro am, like you said, is being played. I believe Wednesday. And then, of course, the tournament starts Thursday, and I will be on the course as the starter at the tenth tee on Thursday and Sunday. No way! How cool yeah, is it's that? Awesome. Yeah, dude, it, I know it's, you're a big so rad. You're a big golf guy, so of course that makes a lot of sense. And that's cool yeah. they got you doing that. The Houston uh, look, golf in Houston is a huge deal. Like even if you don't play, I'm not a I'm not a golfer. My grandfather, however, was a scratch golfer like into his sixties. He was a ridiculous athlete. He really was. And uh, so I know a lot about it. I've followed it, you know, for my whole life. I just never really played very much. But Houston's a golf city, man. Yes. There are a lot of good play, good courses in Houston. A lot of really cool ones, too. There's one down in uh, uh, south, down 288, that I've read about that's like not only is it a, a great golf course, supposedly, but it's like a certified wildlife habitat as well. Yeah, I think it's called the Wilderness, and I, I've gotten an invite to go down there, but I just haven't had the time. And I've heard that it, it's literally like playing out in the out in the wilderness because I mean the nature's going wild and everything, and the course is gorgeous. Yeah, that's what I heard. And they use like not everything is like super organic, so there's no yep. like toxins. It's it's supposed to be really cool. It's down there close to. Um, uh, Brazos Bend State Park, which, by the way, if you've never been and gone to see all the alligators, absolutely incredible uh, this time of year, especially. Um, word for our sponsor here: basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all betting needs this season. Um, if I'm giving an over under on the Rockets' win projection this year, apparently the line was twenty three and a half. Ooh. 
I was initially going to take the over. Seemed like they were going to be better than that, but I'm not so sure anymore. <laughs> they're going <laughs> to they're going to struggle to get that. I mean, how does Vegas know? How do they always know? They always um, know. They it's always know. I, I'll I'll probably take the over, but not by much. Maybe by half a game. You'll mm-hmm. always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all waging information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, golf, uh, baseball. What is what is it called? The baseball classic or whatever it is? The world baseball oh, world classic. Oh, baseball classic, yeah. There's got to be some good prop bets on that one. Head to <clears throat> betonline.ag and join to receive your 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Well, Blummer, we're in the offseason. It's official. Official. First thing, first thing I want to say right out of the gate is thank you to everyone who's listened and watched. Oh, man, yeah. uh, <clears throat> if you didn't see it online, uh, our humble little podcast reached number eight in the world in among all baseball podcasts, which is a huge honor and just absolutely fantastic for us. Um, so thank you so much um, and keep listening. There's going to be a lot of cool stuff this off season. Um, I'm counting on I'm counting on Blum to bring in. Like all, <laughs> I'm gonna. You should go down the golf thing and say, "Hey, find some, uh, find some, like get uh, get a couple of big names from the golfing world to come on here and oh. talk about their baseball guys." Um, we can do that. Uh, we should we should totally do that. We should get some. Mm-hmm. We need to get some guys on here and talking about no, we'll baseball. Have some, we'll have some people on here. Some, some yeah. very much smarter than us people on this podcast <laughs> Ex- to help us out. Exactly, yes. <laughs> and that is really the key. Who cares who they are as long as they are smarter than us? And frankly, that might be kind of a low bar. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, how was the parade, man? You were right in the thick of it, dude. You know what? I'm always a little biased. Obviously, I think everything's the best down here in Houston, and the ability to to be able to cover this. I was approached by ABC 13. They asked me to sit on their anchor desk and and follow this parade. And you know, I was kind of torn. Because I did want to be on the float with my people, you know, Julia, uh, Robert Ford, yeah. Steve Sparks, and Todd Callis were all on a float together. You know, don't forget Francisco Romero and Alex Trevino yeah. on the Spanish side. You know, we're all in this together. Yeah. And seeing them on the float, I was a little jealous because they got to go the length of the parade and get all the admiration and love that uh, they deserve. But at the same time, it was a lot of fun to be able to have a different angle and see this thing. And one of the things that kind of blew me away, and I didn't, I didn't know this was happening. They just kind of threw a, threw me a headset and said, "Let's talk about the parade." Is that we threw it to the helicopter? There was a helicopter hovering above, and some of the shots they were getting, I was like, oh, the, "Yeah, dude, there are a ton of people here." And where we were sitting at, we were at one of the more popular corners for whatever reason. But there was a, the, the cross street. So obviously everybody's piled onto Smith Street. But the cross street that I could see from my right, I couldn't see the end of people until the <clears throat> other end of the block. Right. I mean, it was that deep. It was a block deep going down these side streets. It was very impressive and a lot of fun. These guys looked like they were having a blast. I'm sure they were. I love the throat of the helicopter because like that. Oh, yeah. Well, we're up here in the helicopter. I actually felt professional for a moment. I'm like, let's throw it to the chopper, the eye in the sky, you know. Exactly. I have a friend of mine who watched the parade, watched Channel 13 and watched you. Said you might have even got a little choked up at one point. Oh, I did, man. 
<laughs> and it was actually talking about the you know just the gratefulness of, of being on a broadcast like that, but also the yeah. gratefulness to be able to call this team and hang out with TK, Julia. You know, we have a really strong group, and that love is real. And it was also a part of knowing that my daughters were able to go to that parade. They were in a they were in a special section that Channel Thirteen hooked us up with. But just knowing that, and, and maybe that's just a, a small microcosm of Houston, is the fact that they are so involved and so they don't want anybody to be left out. They're like, we're in. Bring your people. Bring all right. those people, and let's all sit down together and celebrate, party, have a good time. And you saw right. the same thing, not just in celebration, but also in seventeen with the Hurricane Harvey. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna we're gonna have the best of times together, and we're gonna get through the worst of times together. And that's kind of where I got choked up is just the realization of how communal this massive city is. Oh yeah, Houston is. That's just how it is. I mean, we're a we're a city. You know, <clears throat> Houston's not a visit city; it's a live city. I've said that. That's my whole a great life. great point. And it's not a place where you're going to know it unless you are here for a while. You yep. need time. I remember um, there's a guy who I was doing a, a, a story on 1560 The Game back when it was still around. And uh, one of the guys who was on there uh, had just come over from Los Angeles. <clears throat> and he said, maybe you can explain something to me. Why is it that when I'm standing in line at the grocery store, someone starts talking to me as if they've been having a conversation with me for the last five minutes? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man, welcome to Houston. Yeah. That is just the nature of this city. We are a, uh, we're a people place. Um, our, you know, the value of this city is not, you know, there was a great uh, promotional campaign that was done by a, a group about a decade ago called Houston, It's Worth It. And it was like, you know, the roaches, the hurricanes, the lack of scenery. It's worth it, right? And yeah. I, the reason that it's worth it is because the people here are so incredible. Like, it yeah. really is It really is true. There is a camaraderie about living in Houston that is unique um, to true. pretty much anywhere else. And so, yeah, I don't blame you. It was a, And I, I got to sit on the radio and uh, listen to it. It was great. Yeah, how'd they had it go a, for you? <clears throat> it was great. In the background, they had you know it's classic NPR, right? So, in the background, <laughs> they have like just an underlying bed of audio that was from the parade. So all you hear oh. is just like <sighs> you know, just this like just a constant. I mean, yeah, just a murmur of people, right? Just a murmur of people, which was super cool, like you know. That and then we cool. just got to sit around and chat, you know, and and really just enjoy watching uh, what was going on. I. The thing to me that was really so impressive to me, I, I was thought that it was so smart of them to do the one straight shot as opposed yes, to like winding right. around the streets. I think a very, very smart plan. Um, the fact that no one spoke, you know, they didn't stop like at City Hall and give speeches mm -hmm. or anything. Um, I mean, I would have liked a, a you know a Shaquille O'Neal "Can you dig it?" moment, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it was, but I thought that was really cool. Um, I thought it was just everybody they interviewed while we were alive on air. They're just all so happy, you know. There's no, yeah. Everybody's just cool with. One, there was only one guy arrested, and it's because he threw a beer at Ted Cruz, which I dumb, found dumb. like terrible, but but also kind of funny because what are you? You're going to throw a beer. It's like of all things, yeah. um, but like one arrest, right? One disorderly. I did Think see about a guy. That, man. They're, I mean, they're, they're estimating close to 2 million people downtown yeah. celebrating this thing yes. and not one car flip, nothing set ablaze no. and one arrest for throwing a beer can that Ted Cruz couldn't catch. <laughs> exactly. I did see, <laughs> I, I did see uh, a guy in an American flag Speedo on top of a, a light pole, which was pretty uh, no, impressive. it was not Josh Reddick. 
I was just about to say, was it? We, we're, I wasn't sure. It could have been like no, with, yeah. with that. If guy, he wasn't halfway around the world, it would have been him. Right? He's playing in Japan or wherever it is. Like, honest to God, it wouldn't have shocked me at all if Josh Reddick was hanging from a light pole, <laughs> screaming "Woo!" Like exactly. I mean, it would shock me. So yeah, the parade was a blast. I'm I'm glad everybody got to do that, and it was good weather. You know, not Great it was a little weather. warm, but but just kind of lovely. So let's dig a little bit into this offseason as we get started. Uh, Dusty Baker is re-signing. It uh, looks like a one-year deal. It's supposedly mm-hmm. today at, uh, in a couple hours here. It's 9.15 now. So I think that was inevitable. I think everybody mm-hmm. assumed that Dusty would be back. And uh, um, and I think, you know, another one-year deal is the right thing for him. You know, he's getting to a close to retirement, let's be honest. I think he, you know, so he wants, what, but he wants to finish this out. What, years old, I think? Yeah, 73. Yeah. But I, he wants to, you know, he said, I won one, I'm one on a two. You know, <laughs> who can well, blame he, him? Who can, no, who can blame him? But, you know, I, I almost felt like once the World Series was over, I was wondering if Jim Crane was just going to slide a piece of paper across and, you know, you put right. the deadline on there. <laughs> Whenever you walk right. away, you walk away. But, you know, it, of course Dusty wants to come back. I was thinking yeah. about this, and we'll we'll get into this. This is what the postseason's about, is to try and evaluate where your team is, yeah. what adjustments they're going to make, hopefully moving forward. And these are going to be, all obviously, all of our opinions and some of the stuff that we hear. But if you're Dusty Baker and his knowledge of this roster and sitting back and going, okay, we just won a World Series pretty handily and mm-hmm. dominantly with this roster – and there's only going to be a couple of pieces possibly maybe moved off this roster. Right. And there may might be one or two enhancements we can make to this thing. But I got the core group of my guys coming back. Hell yeah, I want to sign back and see if we can't do this again. Absolutely. I, I, I get and plus he this is a really good core group, period. Um, regardless of who's yeah. coming and going. This is just a good core group of people. He obviously loves it here. Now on the on the other side of that. James Click could be on his way out. Um, the reports are that he's he was offered a one-year deal that has not been confirmed. Uh, <clears throat> Click was pretty ambivalent uh, when he spoke. He's at the at the uh, GM meetings in Las Vegas. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, there's been lots of reports that he and uh, Jim Crane just don't get along very well. He had a very uh, one of the things is he has this this really big team of guys that he wants, and Jeff Luno had a very streamlined small group of guys that he worked with. So there's some there's some philosophical dis- differences there. Yeah, those man, those are some really good points, and he is in a tough spot right now because again, because Rob Manfred rules this thing. We got pushed back, so the right. the, the GM meetings are happening as we speak. I believe yeah. that's what they are, not the winter meetings, but the GM meetings. GM, that's right. And so you've got this weird purgatory that he's living in right now where he's got to represent the Astros at the GM meetings, got to have these interviews, but at the same time, he doesn't want the one-year deal. And I get that because James is a young man who's trying to make his way into the GM ranks and and establish himself. So he probably wants a couple more years as opposed to Dusty, who we just talked about at the age of 73. And also... Maybe there is some friction there. Maybe there is a misunderstanding. But you're right about the difference between Jeff Luno and and James Click. And you and you said it beautifully by saying that Jeff ran a lean organization, and it may have a little bit to do with some of the arrogance and some of the idea of how Jeff wanted to run yeah. his program because he eliminated a lot of scouts. 
He did. And that's where James Click differed a little bit from Jeff Luno is he brought all of those scouts back. He liked having the eyes on those guys. So that's the difference in baseball ops between Jeff Luno and James right. Click. And does that rub Jim the wrong way, or does Jim appreciate that? I'm not sure, but um, you know, James James is in a tough spot right now. And I get the fact that maybe he didn't want just the one year extension to kind yeah. of delay maybe the inevitable, or if he wants to speed it up and see where he could go next. But or maybe he just gets a two or three year deal. Who knows? I mean, there's a yeah. lot to be talked about. Absolutely. I, and of course, there was. I did see a report too that. Um, <clears throat> I think it was the guy for the Brewers that was David Stearns. That was Luno's former guy. He just stepped down, and he still had a year left on his contract. So there's and some Milwaukee, thought. Well, that's an interesting caveat because that, yeah. the Milwaukee Brewers are holding him to that contract. They're not going to let right. him out of that contract. So he's not available until the end of the 2023 season. That's a right. very so, interesting point. You know, so that that might be you know part of the plan. Who knows? Well, let's go. Let's run down the list of the free agents that are. Uh, I mean, this is the free agency week begins this week. Um, I think it's tomorrow when everything sort of opens. And, um, and so let's, let's take a look. I mean, Will Smith, the team declined his option, which is no surprise. Um, I'd be shocked if he came back, but let's go down. Let's start with the biggest name and that's Justin Verlander. He has a a player option. It's like 23 million, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, He's undoubtedly going to be offered more than that. Um, the By question a lot of is, different teams, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're gonna there's going to be a lot of teams who offer him probably close to forty million for at least a year. The big question is, is he? Let's just run these down. Is he back or is he not? Man, you know, at the end of the season, I would have said no, just because he's he's going to be named the 2022 Cy Young at the age of 39 after Tommy John. And what better way to prove to the entire world that you're healthy and ready to go than going out and pitching the way he did? So he has earned the right to go into free free agency and see what he can go out there and get if that's what he chooses to do. He may choose to opt out and maybe get a couple more million from Jim Crane and stay in Houston. That's always a possibility. Yeah. But at the same time, I think there's another side of this coin. Because we keep hearing Justin talking about, you know, wanting to do Tom Brady type things. I want to play until I'm 45. I want to get to 300 wins. And when I when I hear him say that more and more, and then you hear about guys older later in their career saying, "I want to play for a winner," all those things kind of adding up and maybe hinting at the fact that maybe he really wants to stay here in Houston. Because if you think about your legacy and establishing <clears throat> career numbers. Mm-hmm. What better place to do it than in a place where you're beloved, you're comfortable, and you're on a winner? What yeah. other opportunity is out there for the money you're going to get to go out and get 15 to 20 wins other than Houston? The Los Angeles Dodgers, I'm not sure the Yankees lend itself to getting that many wins a season. Look at what Garrett Cole's done. Maybe right. the New York Mets, if you go into that Scherzer rotation and replace DeGrom, who looks like he's on his way out. Yeah. I don't know. But if you looked at it statistically... And financially, right here in Houston is a beautiful place to establish a, a phenomenal legacy and pile onto a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I do. I will say that the Astros probably have a little leverage here, uh, just simply because they do have so many good pitchers. Yeah. Um, you know, with if Verlander is back, they're going to have potentially seven guys that can start. 
Um, so it does bonafide <laughs> starters. Bonafide, yeah, not yeah. just like oh, we could throw a guy in there as our fifth guy. I mean, legitimate like their fifth guy would probably like be Luis Garcia or their sixth, you know, or or maybe Jose Urquidy. We talked about free agency in the past. We talked about losing Springer, Correa. Uh, Garrett Cole, now you're at the point where you could go, okay, JV, you know, we love you. We want you to stay, but we've got seven other guys we could replace. We could go ahead and go with and be okay. Yeah, it's it's remarkable. That's going to be a fascinating thing to watch. I think the Astros bring him back if he's willing to take 25 to 30 million. If he wants more than that, I think it's going to bust the bank on them because they have 63 million available in free agency this Mm offseason. They do have a couple of holes they're going to need to try and fill. Tucker. What's that? Pay Tucker. Oh, t- pay Tucker. No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. You have to extend. That's one of the big ones. You've got to extend Kyle Tucker. You've got to find an outfielder somewhere, even though there's hardly anybody on the market. Um, no, there are, yeah, you're right. There's like a bajillion shortstops available in case you need one. Good ones too, man. <laughs> right? Like Trey Turner. Ooh. And like there's some real serious names out there on the – I mean, there's some big-time – Shortstop, and how, why is it that in this offseason suddenly every shortstop is up? It's bizarre. <laughs> and, the, the, like, and, and James Click and Jim Crane are just sitting here going, "Yeah, that's going, cool. Yeah, that's cool. That's good." Correa, hey, right cool. here. Turner, right here. cool. Yeah, we're all good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice, cool shirt. Yeah, sweet. Fitting that um, I wear my Jeremy Pena shirt. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So next on the list is Yuli Gurriel. Uh, Gurriel obviously had a tough season, but a great postseason. He was postseason Yuli. Um, he's 39. Um, we're, I mean, there is the worry of the precipitous drop-off. Uh, where, where do you stand with him? Oh, man, it, it, it's so tough because you've got a beloved guy in the clubhouse, you know, uh, Senor Viejo, which is, you know, the, the grandfather of the clubhouse. And that's right. still only in number only because – you know, at 39, 38, 39, just like Justin Verlander, in in baseball terms, you're getting you're getting put out to pasture. You're you're visiting right. Jurassic Park, and everybody's looking at you. But he he is so good defensively. That's the one thing that didn't fall off for me. It was the fact that he could still play a good defense. Um, he he picks everything, and he's probably the greatest first base security blanket in the big leagues right now. As right. far as defensively. It, uh, yeah, because he picks everything. I mean, it's it's uncanny that you know during the course of the season, TK and I would just say, "Oh, ball in the dirt, picked by Yuli." I mean, it was just it was just a matter of fact, right? So that's a good thing. But the bat, like you said, slowed down a little bit. He made the adjustments in the postseason and looked like old Yuli again. I'm not sure if that's enough to convince them to sign him to another contract. But you know, mm-hmm. Yuli's going to come back. He's not going to break the bank, even if he is a DH part-time first base, whatever it is, in some capacity, having Yuli on your on your roster is a very good thing. It's just a matter of, do they feel that he's going to be that everyday first baseman? I don't know. Uh, there's another Cuban out there that I find absolutely fascinating and Jose Abreu for the Chicago White Sox, who's now a free agent. But yes. um, you're not losing anything by keeping Yuli. You're actually maintaining a very good thing. I agree. And I think he's, you know, he can play first and third. Uh, you're right. He can DH yeah. some. He could potentially be a good. He can move utility. into that utility spot. You're right. That's I, a great I think call. so. And I think you can. You're, he's not going to ask for a ton of money. I think he no. wants to be here. Uh, I, I I imagine he will be back. There is another name on on the uh, that was rumored to the Astros in this offseason. That's Josh Bell, another free oh, agent. Hey. Uh, they they tried baseman. to get him in that trade deadline too. Right, a switch hitter as well, which is uh, never a bad thing in the middle of that lineup. And mm-hmm. as with a guy like him, too, he's not a guy that's going to have to come in and worry about taking pressure. 
um, yeah. you know, to hit in the first four or five. He, he probably will hit six, you know, in this lineup, <laughs> which is just so great. Which is just fantastic. All right, uh, next one on the list: Uncle Mike, uh, Michael Brantley. <clears throat> to back. me, I want Michael <laughs> Brantley back. He would have looked so good this postseason for a team that oh. really struggled to hit. Um, obviously, he had that shoulder problem; he couldn't come back from. I mean, he's not a, he's not that old, and no. he's not going to probably take a lot of money. He is a guy that uh, he obviously wants to play here. He turned down going to the uh, the Blue Jays uh, when he had the opportunity to do that when they signed Springer. Where do you st- where do you think you think he's going to be back? I feel like oh, he probably. I hope he is. He, he actually, it, it's amazing that he went on the injured list, didn't play through the postseason, and might have increased his value in this organization because. All the rumors and all the stories coming out of after that game three in Philadelphia is that he held a team meeting and motivated these guys to go out there and win this World Series. So he brings value outside of what he brings to that lineup. What he would have done in that lineup if he was healthy, oh, dear Lord, what the Mm -hmm. Astros offense could have been. Just adding Michael Brantley and his ability to have unbelievable at-bats would have extended that lineup greatly, and it would have motivated the, motivated these guys to go out and probably score more runs, and they probably would have played – their offense probably would have been better in the postseason, as good as it was. Bringing him back, I agree. They're going to use the injury against him and say, hey, we're going to knock a couple million off if you want to stay. I think it's great. Did you see any of the reports? There's rumors going around that they're thinking of Jordan Alvarez as an everyday left fielder. That yes, would change I, I the was, idea of bringing Mike back too. I was just going to bring that up with you. I'm really glad you brought that point up. It was in my notes here that, yeah, there. I mean, look, <clears throat> Jordan in left field in Minute Maid Park absolutely plays because, it, you know, in some ballparks, maybe not when you've got a big cavernous left field, but not a lot of teams do. Um, anymore. He was that, playing left field in Seattle in the in the playoffs. Right. But the thing about Jordan is his arm. That is the thing that makes him so dangerous Sneaky. out there. He's got that incredible cannon of an arm, and he's accurate. I mean, he's an incredibly accurate guy from left field with that arm. So that, that certainly could play into what might happen with Michael Brantley for sure, although maybe Brantley becomes your DH. Who knows? Yeah. Well, he could become your DH and play part-time out there in left field and yes. relieve Jordan Alvarez. Now, the idea of Jordan playing left field every day, that's a one- or two-year thing. That's yeah. not a permanent fix. That You might be saying that in order to give the ability to bring Michael back. And obviously, you and I selfishly want him back desperately just because he's such a good hitter and such yeah. a good dude. Agreed. Agreed. That's gonna That'll be an interesting one. The next mm-hmm. one up is Rafael Montero. Now, here's this is a real interesting one to me because... My personal feeling is somebody is going to unload the dump truck of money on Rafael Montero, (laughs) mainly because, I mean, he was great. And also, I'm sure there are teams out there who imagine him as a closer, which he has the stuff for, for sure. It would suck to see him go. But this is, again, another situation where the embarrassment of riches in the bullpen is probably going to allow the Astros to make decisions there they might not normally make. And they're not going to have to pay a guy like Montero tons of money. Yeah, I agree with you. That And, you know, talking about James Click again earlier, one of his moves was bringing over Kendall Graveman, and it actually turned out to be Rafael Montero, who was the key piece in that trade. That's right. Considering what he did in the postseason during the regular season, picked up, I believe, close to 15 saves, if not that many or more, in relief of, of Ryan Presley. 
And you know what? Real, as much as we all want to have Montero back, Brian Abreu may yes. be the reason that Montero doesn't come back because it's going to be a Carlos Correa, Jeremy Pena situation yep. where Mon- Montero's going to get offered a great deal of money to be a back end of the bullpen guy. And you say, it was nice having you. We wish you could, we could keep you, but Brian Abreu. Well, Brian Abreu, Ryan Stanek, Ryan Presley, Ryan Stanek, Ryan Presley is a hell of a one, two, three. Uh, you know, isn't Naris coming seven, back eight, for nine. another year too? And Naris will deal? be back. Naris is still signed. I mean, Woo. those four guys at the back end of your uh, bullpen—that's a ridiculous. It's, yeah. it's, as the kids it's say, bruh, bruh, <laughs> bruh, bruh. These guys exactly. are good. <laughs> oh yeah, they might be. Uh, another interesting one here is Aledmis Diaz, or as as the national guys <clears throat> said, Aledmis. Diaz, which seemed a little funny to me. Um, But Aledmus, this is an interesting one to me because he is your quintessential utility guy. Yeah. Um, Is he somebody that that could potentially be replaced by Mauricio Dubon and a combination of Dubon with with Guriel? Um, He was very good during the season until he got injured, but was really just terrible in the postseason. Yeah. I'm not sure what you do what you do about Aledmus Diaz. I think a lot of it's going to have to do with money, but it it, it mm-hmm. feels like something where he's a guy that the Astros won't fret if they lose him because they probably can find someone very similar to him. Yeah, he didn't do himself any favors in the postseason because you know through the regular seasons and up until this season's postseason, he was one of those marquee utility guys that I think were yeah. coveted by other teams across the league. But the way the postseason went, maybe cost himself a couple of million dollars. I'm curious to see where his number lies. You know, is it gonna is it gonna get to ten million? I don't know. You know, if it does get into the to the later you know regions of like eight, nine, ten million, then I think you kind of sit back and you go, yeah, we're we're not gonna take on that contract considering right. the value of it. And that's where the hard part is because Aledmus again, another guy in that clubhouse. Fit very nicely. He was a part of that, uh, you know, the Cuban uh, triumvirate triumvirate that we had. Right. And here's another guy, very similar to the Montero situation where a young young guy has stepped up, David Hensley. Right, exactly. That's exactly the guy I keep thinking And where's the cost effective, you know, can we go with the David Hensley at a lower price and sacrifice not having a guy like a Ledmus? Yeah, I think that's a really great point. I think David Hensley is going to be part of the of the rotation. I think he's going to be part of their their he's earned it. He's roster good. next year. Yeah, he's he's been very good. the The biggest thing about Hensley is just he doesn't he doesn't swing and miss. The guy's yeah. his pitch selection is so fantastic for somebody that's as young as he is, um, and that's a big deal. Plus, he has some power, um, which never hurts. So Trey Mancini, I think a great. Actually, just a fantastic story to me. Mm-hmm. A guy who was just a hero in Baltimore for so many years, like survived cancer. Um, you know, just an absolutely great human being. Um, just was not great with the Astros on the field. Um, really picked them up, uh, replacing uh, Guriel when he got hurt. Was great defensively at first base, but mm-hmm. listen, his main position is left field. Um, you're just not going to – I just can't see them bringing him back to play left field when you've got multiple guys that are going to play that position. They need a center fielder. They've got corner outfielders. To me, that as, as great a story as it is, I just can't see them resigning him. 
No, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing to take away from Trey Mancini. It's just mm-hmm. how does you got to think about how do some of these guys fit into the organization, and you also have to think about Trey Mancini too. He was he was borderline everyday player in Baltimore, and maybe right. he wants to go play a little more frequently somewhere else. I think if he was a left-handed hitter, you might entertain the option of keeping him because I think a left-handed power threat off the bench or yeah. sporadically moved into your lineup, I think that would offer a little more appeal, but. Great to be able to meet Trey Mancini, have him a part of this situation, get himself that coveted ring, and yeah. uh, but he's he's going to be moving on. Yeah, what a great story. And then the last guy, and another guy I'm afraid is going to move on, but probably with good reason, is Christian Vasquez. Look, Vasquez is a starting catcher. You know, yes. He's not going to start here because one of the other guys that's on the list is Martin Maldonado. And Martin ain't going nowhere. Let me tell you right no. now that that guy is he is trusted like a coach, mm-hmm. um, and the Astros are going to bring him back because they rely on him. But with Christian Vasquez, that's a guy again. Some big hits in the postseason, uh, certainly Great way better hitter bats. than than Maldonado <laughs> is now. But you've got Corey Lee and Yaniel mm-hmm. Diaz. Like um, it's going to it's hard to justify bringing in. Uh, bringing Christian Vasquez back, never mind the fact that he's going to want to play every day. And why wouldn't he, right? Yeah. Oh, no, he actually, I mean, he didn't play every day for the Houston Astros, but he still has that, like you said, he still has that reputation of being an everyday catcher. And I think if Maldi wasn't as beloved as he was and worked so well with the the pitching staff, that Christian Vasquez would have been that catcher every day because you saw the value that he brings as far as offense. He, he's equal on defense, but he didn't have that rapport with the pitching staff of the Astros. He'll create that somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the price and the sharing of time, he's not going to come back. He doesn't want to share time. He shouldn't have to share time. He's too right. good of a catcher. And in this market this these days where – you know, catchers are hard to come by. You know, there's very few JT Real Mutos or Christian Vasquez's. Wilson Contreras is a guy that's going to be on that free agent market also. But I agree with you in the sense that Martin Maldonado is a good enough placeholder until a guy like Corey Lee or Yiner Diaz becomes a guy that's able to play every day in the big leagues behind home plate. You also mentioned interesting Wilson Contreras. I don't know if you saw the reports that uh, Jim Crane nixed a deal for your kitty. Uh, for Wilson Contreras, which I find mm-hmm. fascinating, but honestly, probably the right move um, because yeah. you're not gonna you you're not giving up an asset like your Kitty for a guy who's probably gonna be gone mm-hmm. after one after you know as a rental when you didn't really need and a your rental. clubhouse culture too. Right, I think that's absolutely a big part of that. All right, so what are the holes we're gonna need to fill? We're seeing free agency. Uh, to what do you where are the places if you're if you're GM put your GM cap on for a minute where what are you looking for this offseason to help plug some of those holes and do you do it outside the organization or do you stick within and, and you know what do you think well that's where the Astros are in an in- interesting situation because you do have so much talent within your organization and, and the reason I say that is because in center field yeah Chaz McCormick was almost the last man standing and played a great center field throughout the postseason but during the regular season, I think you want a little more of a defensive center fielder. And if you can upgrade, and, and you know, as good as Chaz was, you can, you feel like you can upgrade. And now the Astros have the decision, 
the, the market isn't great as far mm -hmm. as outfielders, especially center fielders, unless you can convince a guy. This is just pie in the sky, freak show, conspiracy theory thought. <laughs> uh, Trey Turner. Could you sign a Trey Turner and convince him to be a center fielder? I don't know. You know that would be that would be an upgrade all the way around. I believe, especially yeah. offensively, what he would bring to that uh, Astros lineup. But that's that's where you're kind of at. You're like, do, do we really want to go to that extent? And I'm not sure there's a guy out there that you really feel you need to go to that extent because you know Chaz can hold it down. You've got Jake Myers, who James Click loves. You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sold on him yet. You mm -hmm. also have Pedro Leone. In the minor right. leagues, Again, nurturing. And he looks like a beast at times, too. Can he be the guy out there? So, you know, you kind of have to temper your emotions when you're doing that. It's, it, you know, because, you like we said, there's nobody out there that you're really going to go, oh, i got to go get that guy. Right. But for the price and things like that, you might might stay in <clears throat> might stay in house and just use your Chaz McCormick, Jake Myers. Uh, do you keep Mauricio Dubon and let him try and play out there? Or do you just... Halfway through the season, see what Pedro Leone's doing. Bring him up and see if he can't contribute. Right. I it's it's going to be a real. It's center field is going to be a real interesting deal. I think center field and first base are going to be the two places where I think catcher too. <clears throat> yeah, I think catcher too. I think with catcher, you're there. That's definitely something they're going to build from inside because mm -hmm. they do have a pair of catchers who are both really pretty good yeah. and in the upper tiers of their minor league system. They have a couple of guys and we'll dig into the minors in, uh, here at some point in the near future. They have a couple of guys uh, in like double a and high a ball in the outfield who have been raking. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I did a little bit of reading up and it's going to be interesting to see where those guys, because some of those guys are moving pretty quick through the organization. The Astros aren't the Astros of old who used to let guys sit in the minor leagues until they're 25, 26 yeah. years old. They don't do that anymore. Um, mm -hmm. They get guys on the fast track as much as possible. So, all right, Blummer. Well, it's golf day. It's golf weekend for you, my friend. Oh, yeah. You're Four. Going, <laughs> going full tilt golf blues boogie all weekend. Oh, it's going to be yeah. awesome. That yeah, me and Shooter McGavin are going to hang out. <laughs> where is the Where is it uh, hosted this year? Memorial uh, Golf. Oh, it's at Memorial, Memorial uh, Golf oh. Course down right in uh, Memorial Park area. Memorial Park is one of the most incredible places. The Arboretum Memorial Park itself, dude. When they finish the land bridge, which they're, which they, sh I think they're going to be done. I drove through year. it yesterday. I know that. Well, they, it's almost done. Yeah, that place they is need spectacular. You know, it's, it's one gorgeous. of the largest urban parks in America. Which is yeah. incredible, and and just yeah, Central and, Park, my ass. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It may not be Give to that to extent, them. but it's gorgeous. <laughs> Give it to them. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, as as uh, Blummer mentioned earlier, we will be back uh, this off season, just covering it all uh, with some good guests and some uh, and and some analysis, especially analysis like you said from people smarter than us. Um, be sure to uh, uh, subscribe uh, to our uh, us on YouTube um, and to all your other podcast uh, formats. Thank you so much for everybody who's been listening. Um, stick with us, even though the World Series is over. Baseball is just beginning. The Hot Stove League is some of the best. Mm -hmm. uh, it's part of the, It's really kind of the best part of baseball. Um, if you're not in the postseason, the regular season can drag on. A hot stove yeah. league is fun. 
It is fun. And there's going to be a lot of movement. I think there's some curious guys out there. You're, you already mentioned all the shortstops on the market. And, uh, you know, there's some pitchers. Jacob DeGrom, is he going to stay in the East and try and beat up on the Mets? Well, who knows? But, yeah, there's DeGrom. a lot going on, a lot of possibilities. It's incredible that DeGrom's going onto the market, really. I mean, but this is the oh this is gosh. the free agency era we live in, man. Everybody yeah. goes on the damn market. <laughs> that's just that's yeah. just how it goes. All and right, well, thanks. Thank to- God we got Rob Manfred out of the way. Now we can have a legit <laughs> offseason. Let's go. Are, are you going to get fined, Plummer? I hope so. I'm trying. I mean, <laughs> I've already dealt with du- I've already de- dealt with Dud Seelig as a player. Now we got Rob Manfred, man. Jeez. Oh, yeah. man. Slinging them spicy <laughs> hot takes today. Uh, <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah, I'm looking All forward right. to the, off sto- the hot season hot stove is going to be legit. I can't it wait. Is, it's going to be off the hook. All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we will see you next time. And until then, go Astros. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.